Time to check in with Bill Thielman now, doing a great job filling in for Keith Baldry. Keith is off this week. Bill is a former Vancouver City Council candidate. He is a veteran BC political strategist and campaigner. Hey, Bill. Hey, Mike. Let's talk about five years of legal <laughs> cannabis. This is the anniversary this month, Bill. Five years. Boy, that five years went by fast, didn't it? Five years of legal pot. Well, we might be forgetful, but uh, actually, I have <laughs> I've not indulged in this legal product at all in those five years, Mike. But yeah, it, it just it, it kind of boggles the mind that it's been that long. And uh, some a really interesting study came out from the uh, medical uh, journal of medical uh, association. Uh, quite, uh, I have to admit, this number surprised me: a hundred and five thousand hospitalizations for cannabis over a seven year period from 2015 to 2021, and one third amongst uh, people aged 15 to 24 and 66 percent were males mm. so yeah we, we kind of think oh well you know you can drink too much drink and drive cause an accident but marijuana can send you to the hospital too it's not uh, it's not like a completely safe drug well sure especially if you take too many edibles or something like that you don't know what you're doing and you get like you, know, you just go overdose basically Hey, Bill, let's go back into the time machine here. Let's go back five years ago this month, set the Wayback Machine. Here was the excitement five years ago as Vancouver's first legal marijuana shop opened for business. Let's listen. Now that I can purchase it legally, my money will go to the government instead of going somewhere else. It was really expensive, and it's really unorganized in there. Um, it's not going to meet the needs of British Columbians, and it's going to keep the black market driving. Well, there, there, I guess there is still a, a fairly thriving black market. You can order cannabis products online over uh, black from black market sources. You don't have to go to a legal government shop, right? Yeah, in fact, only two-thirds of it, it looks like only two-thirds of sales of cannabis products are coming through the legal system. So there's, wow. still, there's still nickel bags available at the corner. <laughs> okay, and would, would you say, this is, this is interesting too, about the number of Canadians who are reported to be cannabis users, so this is also reported Canadian Medical Association Journal, 27% of Canadian adults... Uh, say they use cannabis, that is up from 22% pre-legalization. So legalization, I guess that's not surprising. They legalize it, more people try it. Yeah, no, for sure. And, of course, um, you know, a lot of people would probably wouldn't admit to a pollster or anybody else that they were buying marijuana illegally but and smoking it illegally before. But it's it's a fairly high number. But, you know, what's, what I find fascinating, Mike, is, uh, cannabis businesses aren't booming. They aren't doing that well. Some of them have gone broke. Some of them are, are out of luck. Some of the stores, I mean, we're talking about stores and distributors. It hasn't been the, the literal gold mine that everybody expected. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember at the start, I thought to myself, Ooh, boy, I should go out and buy some stock in some of these cannabis companies. <laughs> I'm glad I did not do that. What were you smoking? <laughs> I was I smoking. Exactly. No, it's been some high-profile players have gone out of the business, etc. So it, yeah. it really is quite interesting. Another thing which I wasn't aware of until a study came out, Quebec raised the, the age of majority for marijuana to 21. So mm. um, unlike alcohol, it's, it's higher than alcohol, so to speak. Okay, get set to call me on that. I'm interested in what people think about five years of marijuana legalization. Was it the right... Thing to do. Let's talk a little bit about the continuing fight. This is the never-ending story, Bill. Policing 
in the city of Surrey. So you've got Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke. There was this letter that was leaked from the provincial government scolding the city of Surrey for dragging its heels on the transition uh, to the new police force. Surrey's mayor saying it was a rude letter. Now listen to this here. This is Surrey City Councilor Pardeep Kooner. Now remember that the B.C. government put, what was it, Bill, $150 million on the table, right? Yeah, 30 a year for five years. Right, $150 million to help the city of Surrey transition to the new police force that the, the city council and mayor said they don't want. And listen to this councillor here. She says, forget about $150 million. This is going to cost a whole lot more for the taxpayers of Surrey to transition to the new police force. Listen to this. Knowing what I know, I'm going to say it's about $700 million for the next five years to actually have a police force. And it will take another five years to get this co- completely finished. They've offered us $150 million. That is not enough. And I don't want the residents to have to pay for their decision that they imposed on our city. Oh, okay. I guess they better put some more money on the table here. Bill, what do you think? (laughs) Uh, Well, just to be full disclosure on this, I do. uh, One of my clients is the National Police Federation, which represents the RCMP in Surrey. And I've uh, obviously been vocal uh, opposing the move. Uh, Look, this is uh, we've got to get a number that that everybody says this is uh, at least close to uh, saying this is a real number, because uh, some of these numbers are extremely large. Uh, But Mayor Brenda Locke has been consistent throughout since Mike Farnworth offered the 30 million a year. She just said it's nowhere near enough. And, you know, the costs to date have been way, way, way past what was originally suggested in Wally Opal's report and by former Mayor uh, Doug McCallum. So, uh, you know, I, I think taxpayers better hold on to their seats and get ready to sell their second car. Uh, because this is, you know, and, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with with the legislature and, and, and when it resumes next week and again, and Mike Farnworth, the public safety minister, because he's kind of, you know, John Hornet, uh, John Horgan said Surrey policing is kind of like kicking the Hornets. That's well, they kicked it. And now they're going to find out yeah. how expensive it is. Yeah, because now the province is getting set to introduce what, some sort of legislative hammer here to force the city of Surrey to get going here with this new police force, correct? Well, they're bringing in legislation that my understanding, and we don't know until we see it, of course, but my understanding is it's going to set the terms and conditions for changing police forces so that yeah. kind of like it's uh, you get one, one kick at that can and that's it. If you decide to change, you can't change your mind, even with a new council completely different. And, of course, that's exactly what happened with Surrey. The, a council majority was elected, including the mayor. Brenda Locke that said that we want to keep the RCMP. We don't think that the old idea or the idea of transitioning to a Surrey Police Service made any sense, and uh, the province overruled them. So they've they've kind of owned this problem to some degree. Okay, Bill, let's talk about the fight down at Vancouver City Hall. So this is Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim in one corner, Vancouver City Councillor Christine Boyle. And this is over these uh, dueling ethics, these ethics complaints filed by the mayor against this councillor. So it looks like uh, Christine Boyle, the city councillor, she is she's one and one here in these fights with Ken Sim. So she won. She defeated Ken Sim on this this one ethics complaint that lodged by the mayor after she publicly disclosed how she voted in a secret meeting on Vancouver's living wage policy. And so that's a win for her. Let's have a listen to her here. This is Vancouver City Councillor Christine Boyle. Before speaking about it publicly, I sought advice from many places about what exactly I was able to say. I, I did my due diligence. The mayor could have 
asked the city's lawyers before filing a code of conduct complaint against me. What do you think of this mess? Well, it's really interesting because it's not just Vancouver. Um, There's all sorts of things going on at so-called in-camera or secret sessions of councils. And it's not just Vancouver, it's Burnaby, it's Surrey, it's other places. And some places are using it properly. Like if you're going to discuss personnel or something, obviously you go in camera. But, you know, the living wage basically says we will pay all our employees and contractors a living wage based on the cost of living in Vancouver. And Ken Sim and the ABC party decide they want to get rid of it. Well, why right. is that a secret meeting? And and why can't you say how you voted? I mean, it just boggles the mind that if I'm an elected councillor, which, which I'm not, by the way, I didn't win, but uh, but if I was, it's like, you can't, I can't even tell people how I voted on an important issue? That's crazy. Well, I, I assume that the reason it was done in secret in camera is because it's a personnel issue, right? You're talking about... No, it's about... not one person, though. It's just like it's just okay. a, a, a wage policy, so it doesn't apply yeah. to one person. I mean, if you're firing the city manager, yes. But so anyway, and then so the the funny, even funnier, Christine Boyle says she spent uh, $7,000 in legal fees. She's going to ask city council to reimburse her, but Ooh. it'll be in another secret meeting. So oh. so we won't know what happened. I mean, this is just nutty. Uh, and it's a nasty fight, too. I mean, you know, we remember this new city council came in and Mayor Ken Sim took the opposition uh, Greens and one city, which is Christine Boyle, uh, took them out for dim sum, said, let's all try and work together, get along for the good of Vancouver. Now they're, now they're filing complaints against each other and using lawyers. Yeah, yeah. And Christine Boyle disclosed that in this secret meeting that she voted to keep the living wage, right? She voted yeah. to to keep the living wage, and I guess she wanted the people of Vancouver, she wanted her constituents to know that, and that's what upset the mayor. I, I don't have any problem with Christine Boyle or anyone else disclosing how they voted in a meeting. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of that? Well, it, it, it absolutely. I mean, there's no question. There's no legal or ethical reason, and th- that's exactly what the ethics commissioner said, that there was no problem for her to to release her own vote. She didn't tell how everybody else voted. I mean, if you're right. going to be in a in-camera meeting, you shouldn't be talking about that. But, uh, you know, I mean, A, it, it only makes sense, but B, I think they've got to cut down on these secret meetings where they have these discussions that no one can report. Bill Tillman is my guest. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Jeff in Vancouver. Hey, Jeff, go ahead. Hey, remember, um, uh, remind me the name of the uh, former uh, Solicitor General, Attorney General, uh, the uh, Cash Heed. Cash Heed and Wally Opal, they've spoken uh, different times about uh, regional policing. Did Mike Farmworth drop the ball? Uh, first of all, do you guys agree we should have a regional police force in the Metro Vancouver area? And second of all, should Mike Farmworth had pushed ahead with that at, that, at, at this time with this Surrey police business? Well, I think it makes sense, Bill. What do you think, regional um, police force? I think on you know we've got the integrated homicide unit. We've got other joint units that where RCMP and the different municipal forces are working together. I mean, if you want to go to provincial or or regional, you're going to have a a heck of a mishmash and a long time to pull it all together. I'm not convinced policing is is more uh, effective or efficient in Ontario versus BC, for example, who have the OPP or in Quebec. So I'm I, I don't I'm not convinced at this point. Okay, well, the other problem is the, the politics of it, because for cities that have their own police force, a lot of people like having their own police force. A lot of city councillors and mayors like having their own police force, and they will not take kindly to any effort to amalgamate region-wide. 
Yeah, Correct. exactly. And, and yeah. you know, one of the things that uh, that was pointed out in the survey piece is that the smaller municipalities uh, get a significant grant from the federal government. Uh, larger ones like Surrey get 10% of their operating costs for RCMP jurisdictions, but you don't for a municipal and you wouldn't for provincial. So that's a lot of federal money on the table across the province that you would lose uh, right away. Yeah. Clint in Surrey. Hi, Clint. Go ahead. Gentlemen, uh, I just heard a nasty little rumor here the other day, the woman was calling Farnsworth, the, the people's homeless. I'm, I'm sorry? Tax raise. I'm not sure I follow you. What, what, sorry, what's your point? Well, all of these taxes going up the way they are. Yeah. She said she's going to be homeless in a year. Who said that? The woman walking by on the sidewalk. And she said her whole neighborhood's like that. Bill. Well, there's going to be tax increase. There already have been tax increases because of the policing costs, and there's going to be more coming, I'm quite sure. I mean, that's just an inevitable. Uh, also, like, you know, when you talk about taxpayers in B.C., if the province gives $150 million or more to Surrey for the policing, it's got to come out of everybody else's pocket from the taxes they pay to B.C. So, yeah, I don't, as to going yeah. homeless, I, I certainly hope not. I, I, I don't think that's uh, likely, but, it, it, you know, it'll, it'll be a wallop to the tax, uh, taxpayer in Surrey for sure. Sure, sure. Well, Rob in Chilliwack. Hey, Rob, go ahead. Mike, no surprise. I'm going to talk uh, RCMP in Surrey. Um, first of all, uh, Mike Farnworth and David Eby, why have they not laid out, if, if they are so uh, inclined to want to override the decision of the public in Surrey, where's the numbers? Like, where are the numbers of what this is going to exactly cost? Give the exact breakdown, because I just heard, I believe her name was Miss Cooner, $700 million more. Yeah, And, you know, why should I out in Chilliwack? I mean, Bill will maybe speak to that. Why should I out in Chilliwack pay for Surrey policing? There's no proof. Show me the proof that city police does a better job than RCMP. They both do a good job. It comes down to numbers. You know, where, yeah. where's the breakdown for, for weapons, for cars, for buildings? Um, and, 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 you know, like I say, why should I pay for it? And the NDP now want to rewrite the legislation or the police act. Well, they, they have, they've had practice at doing that and they have practice overriding decisions of municipalities. So quite frankly, if they were smart, they should step out of this and say, you know what? They voted to retain the RCMP. They knew what was going to happen. We'd stick with that. You know, Rob, thank you for the call. Bill, we've got 30 seconds here. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that was an argument that was made over and over by city council and by others. Uh, unfortunately, from my perspective, uh, the government and, and Minister Farnworth decided otherwise. And uh, I just think it's, you know, it's going to land on their plate. They can blame other people for dragging their feet or whatever. But when you intervene and go against the wishes of an elected council, you kind of own it. Bill, thanks for coming on today. My pleasure.